You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at Rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And we're going to talk a little bit about burning. Yes, burning of NFTs. Uh, No, that has nothing to do with 420. No, it does not have anything to do with Burning Man. Uh, And it actually has a lot more utility and a lot more um, really impact and even impact for those that don't burn their NFTs. So we'll kind of tap into that uh, in this episode. Before we get into that, you know, definitely a shout out to our sponsor, the Crypto Business Conference. We'll give you a little bit more information at the end of the show, but definitely check out that show if you are a marketer, entrepreneur, or creator. And rather than giving a Mint 365, you know, shout out for one of the projects that we've minted, I actually wanted to give a shout out to those projects that have been doing a great job with a unique minting experience. Yes, I believe one of the places that we can look for innovation and even look for you know, a, a sign of what's to come is that if an NFT project's mint experience is more than just going to a website, clicking a money, uh, a button and saying, go look at your NFT on OpenSea. To me, that's actually a good sign in like their commitment and dedication to, you know, being unique, to standing out and also investing in something more than just kind of what the average is. Right. And so, you know, I remember you know, uh, when I first, we minted a, uh, we minted a couple projects here on Autograph, which Autograph is, uh, I would say it's mainly a sports NFT platform. Uh, you know, I, I believe Tom Brady is involved in the ownership of it, but we minted the, uh, Derek Jeter, uh, baseball helmet and the Tom Brady, um, the Tom Brady original drop, uh, on that collection. So that's part of our Mint 365 project. But what's cool is with the Derek Jeter one, we did like the reveal and it had a really cool reveal you know, instant reveal where you clicked on it, it spun around, like there's a bunch of Derek Jeter images, and then it kind of walked you through, and then all of a sudden you got your art. Well, on the flip side of that, the Tom Brady uh, signature or autograph uh, NFT that we have, I actually did not open. I did not unbox. So whoever buys our Mint 365 NFT collection uh, upcoming on November 11th, uh, 2022, they will actually get to do that themselves. They'll get to decide, do I keep it um, you know, keep from opening it or do I open it and, and, uh, check out what's inside? And to me, like, there's something really cool about that, right? And, you know, even the matrix, we, we minted the matrix, uh, project here for Mint 365. And you had the option later on to take the red pill or the blue pill. Well, for our Mint 365, I didn't pick either one of them. Whoever buys the collection will bid to do that as well. And I actually did the same. I, I own, I think, five or six uh, Matrix NFTs. Uh, I only took the pill on two of them because uh, and I, I, was, I feel like I was going to go a little, you know, I took the pill and I went down to the water. No, I'm not going to sing. Um, but, uh, but, but the idea of like, 
you know, that option, right? You have the option to unbox, you have the option to um, reveal, you have the option to not, and like there can be advantages or disadvantages. Uh, and to me, I think that's such a cool component of Mint experiences. We also have seen some recently, some Mint experiences where they're actually allowing you to kind of like choose your properties or make your own selections. And I think that's a really interesting um, thing that we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more tap into this like uh you know customization personalization uh especially of our pfp projects because i believe just the the days of it just being a pfp project are over i believe the only uh you know i would say art centric uh you know profile photo type uh pieces that will exist moving forward are are artists that like that's their digital art right their digital art also kind of looks you know you know it delivers really well as a profile photo but I, I believe you know we're going to see definitely a trend away from that and it'll be a great project that allows you to have a profile photo that can amplify your you know you, you being involved in the project and so with that being said that's where i wanted to give you know kind of a shout out to that experience and it ties of course because this is not my first time uh doing this it ties perfectly into this episode today and you know we we did a whole episode on the concept of staking uh, and I'll make sure to link that episode down below because staking your NFTs is something, you know, is definitely a hot trend, but it's not new to those that have been in crypto. Uh, and in a way, really what you're doing is you're, you know, locking your NFT into a contract. But of course, there's many other components, uh, and reasons, uh, to doing so. It also, it limits the total supply that are out there. It also makes it difficult for people, um, to, uh, you know, to sell, right? You have to make, uh, more decisions. You have to unstake it. And there's things that kind of go involved with that. But in that same, I would say in like realm of staking, the burn mechanism, right? The idea of burning your NFT, um, is something that I is definitely taking off a lot more. And I remember actually that one of the first NFTs I ever burned. Uh, was over, it was almost a year ago. I believe it was August of, of last year. And it was before, like from when I remember when it was first presented to me, the idea was, Hey, we will reward you if you burn some of your supply. And I was like, oh, okay, so what do I do? And what we actually did was we didn't actually burn it like per se. Like we didn't, there wasn't like a burn experience, which I just talked about as far as the mint experience. They just said, okay, send it to this wallet. And then fill out this form and let us know what address sent it to that wallet. And then that technically that wallet is a, uh, a burn wallet, right? That wallet, the NFTs go there to die. They disappear. Now you might be wondering, why would a project want to burn their art? Or why would an NFT owner that they paid money for their NFT, why would they want to actually burn their, their NFTs, right? Cause the, I remember when I first thought about it, I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. And I will tell you, I am, uh, a big uh, hodler, right? But I think everyone's kind of figured that out. I, I enjoy nostalgia. I have baseball card boxes that I've never opened from the late 80s and early 90s. But at the same time, I also love and live on that FOMO edge, right? Like what, you know, what is these decisions? And so there are these, this burning component has been integrated in lots of projects. I have probably, um, I would say maybe nine or 10 projects in the last month where the burn option is there. Now, depending on what you decide, depending on how it's set up as far as like utility and the reason for doing so can be a, a very wide variety. But if you think of it this way, right? If there is, you know, how do we, how do we shrink the supply, but also increase the, you know, the value of our holders or even increase the percentage of unique holders? 
Well, one of the things that we can do, what you can do is you can build in gamification. Now, the first project that comes to mind for that is Bulls and Apes. So many of you heard that interview. If you didn't listen to that interview, it's a great interview to go back and listen to. Um, they did the money back guarantee, uh, Bulls and Apes did, but they also are, are doing uh, a burn mechanism, right? So what you can do is you, you accumulate, uh, you know, what they call meth tokens, um, in your, with your bull. So you're holding on to your bull, you accumulate a certain amount of tokens every day. And then when you get a, a certain amount of tokens, you can quote unquote breed your bulls. And then what they give you is they give you this incubator NFT. Now, if you want to turn your incubator NFT into a teen bull, you would actually burn the incubator and now you have a teen bull. Well, they actually even take it a step further than that. And they say, if you get four teen bulls, one in each different compass direction, right? So you have a, a north teen bull, a west teen bull, a south teen bull, and an east teen bull. You have the ability to burn those four. And in return, they will give you a god bull. Now, a god bull is, there was only, I believe, 10 or 12 of them, I think 10, um, in the original mint. But as a whole, the limitation is... I believe like 500 and something um, God bulls that will be there total. And so the art is, is very um, extravagant. It would be the right word. Um, and I know I, I used a, a big word there, so I, I get brownie points uh, for that. Um, but uh, the idea, so the God bull, you know, they are rare. They're one of 500 and something, right? But there's also this, you know, this met, you know, this methodology that the, the team bulls that are burned will never come back into circulation. So for me, I don't have enough, uh, bulls at the moment to go into that god bull running, right? So, but for me, what can be interesting is actually burning teen bull or buying, you know, turning my, my tokens into that incubator and then burning the incubator to get a teen bull could actually be one of the most beneficial things for me because although I'm not burning my teen bulls, once everyone burns their four teen bulls to get a god bull, what happens to the teen bull supply? Well, if you think about it, if we do the, the math real quick here, let's say 500 people burn their four teen bulls to get a god bull. Well, now there are 2,000 less teen bulls in circulation. And so for me, if I am a teen bull holder, and maybe I, I, you know, I have a couple, maybe I have a couple rares, maybe I have one that I know is like the art that people like. Well, there are going to be people that are burning you know, teen bulls that could be like the popular you know, uh, properties on them. And so in a way, by shrinking the supply to get people the option to get the, uh, you know, the rare one of one, it also benefits me, even though I'm not playing into that um, component. And so that's one of the ways that uh, the burn mechanism can work. Now, that one's a little bit more connected to tokenomics and gamification. Um, and I, I, you, you can go as elaborate as that. Now, you can go the flip of it. And actually, um, today, the day of this recording, um, I'm actually doing the, the Nickelodeon burn, which kind of feels funny. But what's cool is I'm, I'm burning slime, which as a kid that grew up with Nickelodeon and uh, Double Dare, without question, is one of my favorite game shows of all time. And you're, if you're probably under the age of 35, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But um, Double Dare was just such a cool game. And you got slimed you know, when you got answers wrong. You had to go like... Uh, the, the thing at the end, you had to like slide under and put your hand up in like this fake nose and you had to find the flags. Oh my goodness. It was, it was so the cool. I mean, my, my daughters watch American Ninja Warrior and that's like, that's like next level. Like I, I feel like Double Dare was like, um, like the kindergarten version of American Ninja Warrior. Maybe not even the kindergarten version. It was the play school, but anyhow, I loved it. And I, and I've mentioned, you know, I did an episode here on the Nickelodeon collection. Well, 
the way that they did it is that if you know each of your uh, Nickelodeon NFTs has a slime score, and if you if you get up to ten, if your slime if you can get a slime score of ten, today at noon you can burn those all of the NFTs. So you might have you know you might have ten NFTs that have a slime score of one. Therefore, you would be burning ten NFTs. Or you might have uh, uh, you know one that is a one NFT that is is a slime score of ten because there are some of them that have that high of a slime score, and you would burn one NFT. But for me, there I have five, so there are five that total up to a, a slime score of ten, and so I'm going to burn all five of those. So I'm going to click you know on their website they have kind of like the, the layout, and I will say okay I'm willing to turn these five in that have a total of ten slime, and what I will get is I will get one of five hundred one of one mashup NFTs. So for me, that idea of getting one of 500 is a very, uh, you know, cool idea. I also only had five, uh, NFTs, um, that I had to burn. Like in my head, the way that I was thinking of this is that if I had to burn more than five, I probably wouldn't have done it. Cause I actually looked at it from like the, the math perspective, also just from, you know, the investment of what you're, you know, kind of buying into. But what is neat about that is that it also is going to benefit, and this is something that most people don't realize. And remember, this is not financial advice. And as always, D-Y-O-D-R, do your own damn research. But the floor on Nickelodeon NFTs right now is pretty low. But people, I don't believe, are factoring in. Because like right now, they're like, oh, you know, there's a lot of not rare uh, NFTs. But guess what? If the character that people like the least is the one that is most frequently going to be burnt, which is what I think is going to happen, Guess what that character becomes? It becomes the least liked to the most rare. Let me give you, let me give you that again, right? Think about this. So if everyone is going and burning it because they're like, oh, you know what? This one, people don't like this, you know, the Phoebe or whatever it may be, the Rugrats. Well, if that's the most frequent character burned, there'll be less of them than all of the other characters. Therefore, it'll be more rare. So if you're thinking about, you know, how do I play this game without maybe not having to put a lot of money in play or, you know, the burn mechanism isn't something you want to actually walk into, you have to start thinking kind of like that next level, that level of, uh, of components. Now, there's been other projects as well. Um, Psychedelics Anonymous, uh, I had to burn um, two components um, and I had to burn two components and a metaverse IRL uh, NFT to get my psilocybin, uh, which was kind of like their um, entry point into... Um, you know, kind of a, I, I would say the next phase of their NFT process. The, there are some other projects that have um, incentivized burning by giving you a, uh, a percentage of the mint. Uh, shout out to uh, the Heathens. Uh, Heathens are a, a great project that we minted in our collection. They're also very active in our community. Uh, they just recently reached out and said, hey, if you have these two NFTs and you decide to burn them, we will give you, we will write your, you know, wallet into our contract and you will get, I think, I think it's like 0.01% of all of the secondary sales and they have like a cap on it. They're only going to do it up to, I think, $500 or 500 people. There's some, there's some, uh, you know, components there, but like why, why would they be doing that? Right. Well, for them, it's, there's a play into shrinking the total supply. It's also giving people that maybe own a lot that have, that were, were the ride or die early ones with them the opportunity to get a piece of the revenue and help everybody out. Now, not everyone was going to want to get in there. But if we think about this as like the bigger picture of this whole you know, process, when I think about you know, the burn concept, right, and the idea of burning uh, NFTs, for me, what this really comes down to is that like, how can we give people 
how can we increase the 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 exclusivity without while also making it inclusive right so this is this is an nft problem right the you know and i did a twitter space last night uh you know shout out to social media examiner mike stelzner and heather parody we did a twitter space they do a they do a really great twitter space on thursday nights uh over there on of course where else would twitter spaces be on twitter uh 8 p.m on thursday nights and the the topic last night they brought me on as a guest was nfts versus creator coins right and you know creator coins the the more supply there is that the the higher the value goes up in nfts the less of the supply the higher the value goes up right it's very much like you know bitcoin has a finite amount there's a there'll be at one point there will no be longer be able to mine any more bitcoin but with ethereum that is not the case right and that that'll actually change and uh, i believe with the ethereum merge which i'm going to do a whole podcast episode on very soon you know in the next month we will actually you know, there'll be actually the ability to have more Ethereum into the system than the last three years combined. And so that, that, that thought process is important when we're thinking about like building out our communities or what are the value of our NFTs. The other thing that I'm going to talk about on an upcoming episode are soulbound tokens. Soulbound tokens are NFTs that cannot be traded, they cannot be shared, but they are ones that will be, I, I would look at them as kind of like a, a data lock-in, if you, if you uh, think about it that way. And the burn mechanism will come in handy for that as well, right? Because let's say you get a marriage license as a soulbound token, which you get to turn into that episode when I talk about it. Well, guess what happens if you get divorced? Well, that soulbound token of your marriage license will now need to be burned because it is no longer valid and it is now something that is that that permanent record on the blockchain note needs to no longer be in those people's wallets. Now, the the caveat to this just for everyone to kind of recognize is there is really no way to remove something off of the blockchain. And I know you might be thinking, "Wait, Brian, you just spent the last 15 minutes of this episode talking about burning our NFTs and you're going to burn five NFTs to get one uh, you know, a rare one of one NFT." I am. But the burning idea, the idea of burning is that we're not actually burning them. We are just sending them to a wallet that will never be used, will never be shared, never be traded. And in many cases, it's a wallet that you throw out the seed phrase. So in a way, those NFTs will sit in a wallet on the blockchain that will just never be accessed. And that, that component, right? Where we, and I know there are, there are some, um, there are some protocols that are working through the burn mechanism as far as ways to make that a little cleaner because, you know, part of the concern that I, I remember I had at the beginning was like, how do I trust that if I'm sending that to this wallet that they won't put it just back into the supply? And if that's the case, that doesn't do me any favors, right? That, that, that actually does uh, me a disservice as a, you know, the total supply uh, available. But there are some protocols that are going to be able to, you know, allow you to have like a wallet attached to a contract for a certain amount of days and then that wallet will, will kind of be scrambled and then no one will have access to what is in that wallet. Therefore, it truly will be uh, a burnt wallet because you would, you would have to have like a, a master siphoner and I don't even think if that's the case. I don't think, last time I had done a little bit of research on the, those that were trying to uh, break the code as far as seed phrase codes, um, I believe that wasn't able to happen with those that are using a 24 word uh, you know, uh, seed phrase. I could be wrong there. Uh, so I'm sure somebody will check me on that. But if we think about this as like the whole, and, I, and I'll kind of wrap on this, con this idea, is that when everything, I, the, the part of the beauty of NFTs is that everything that we're doing doesn't have to be the only way that we're doing it. 
you can add on utility to your NFT project as you go. It's one of my favorite things about NFTs, right? You might start with like, hey, people are signing up for this because they want to come to an in real life event. But you could add on that you also get access to webinars. You could add on that you also get early access to our next NFT. You could add on that you get a free merch drop because we just appreciate everyone that's doing that. All of those things are things that we can provide and go above and beyond, right? I, I did an episode on surprise and delight and the importance of that. But as a whole, there's also creative ways for us to move forward and continue to innovate. I will tell you, this is a problem that I have, and, I, and this might be a little bit more vulnerability than uh, I, I... I'll just say it from a standpoint of, although I'm the press the damn button guy, there are certain things, certain types of content that have held me back. One of them is writing a book. And I know this for a fact that the reason that my, the book that I, and I've technically written three books that nobody's read. I've written uh, you know, over 100,000 words on the millennial mindset that was owned by Dell Technology for a while. I had teamed up with Dell Technology and Evernote uh, to launch that with them, but unfortunately it got into legal and, and kind of died on the vine there. But part of the reason that a book has not come out under my name yet was that I looked at it as like a legacy play and said, what, I, what, is, what is the book that my daughters are going to want to read or be proud of that their daddy created? But then I, took a, I had a little bit of a realization about a year ago. My daughters are not going to give a crap about reading a business book that I wrote in 2022. Like, let's just be truthful on that, right? Like, cool, dad. Like, uh, yeah, my dad wrote that book. And so for me, like writing a book Although I'm the press the damn button guy and I do daily podcasts, I create video all over, perfections of fairy tale, controls and illusion, there are things that, that we can struggle with. And part of that, I believe, with NFT projects is the idea of like, this is the permanent idea. Like what we put on our contract is permanent. And that's true. And I remember, like, this is how I look at this is that really what utility is are your promises to your holders that are buying or minting your NFT. But what is really cool about that is nobody will ever say, stop adding more promises on there that you're delivering. The, pro the, the caveat is a lot of projects just have not delivered on their promises and their promises were ones they probably their ass couldn't cash to begin with. And so with that being in mind, our ability to adapt the total supply, our, our ability to change contracts, our ability to continue to build and leverage new technology will be something that continues in this space. And the cool thing about it is the burn mechanism, the burn concept will only increase in its value. Because if, if all of a sudden there's a new way for us to deliver you know, token gating at in real life events, but the NFTs have to be a certain configuration or there must be a, a certain level of contract. Well, we can use that idea of burning to move people into a new contract or to upgrade the contract or to even allow people um, to make you know, these choices yourselves. And I, I will tell you, one of my favorite I, you know, components of the NFT future that we're going to see a lot of is that choose your own adventure component where everyone gets to decide differently. And I love that, right? You could take a red pill or a blue pill with a matrix, but there's a third option. You could take no pill and you could leave yours unpilled. And that's what I chose uh, as my like preferred method. And just the idea that all of those decisions impact everyone to me makes this so much fun. Because remember, even if you don't burn your NFTs, but there are burning is an option within your collection that you are holding, 
in many cases, it could be mu- it could be massively beneficial for you, even though you're not taking part of that. Because every action of every holder that has something in a total supply, if you are changing the way that total supply um, is provided, maybe if you're increasing it, of course, now the rarity of what you have will decrease. If you're shrinking it, now the rarity of what you have will increase. That's kind of a cool you know, component of this entire thing, right? And you know, like I remember that one of the baseball card uh, factories uh, caught on fire. And someone was talking about like, what did that mean? And I remember, I, someone would have to correct me on one. I think it was Upper Deck in like t- 1993. One of their distribution locations caught on fire. And what it came out was that whoever was trying to get the baseball set of 1993 Upper Deck, there would be, I think, like one-fourth the amount available to buy because they caught on fire. Like, literally, they, they burnt. Like, <laughs> not figuratively, they actually burnt. And for many, that's like, oh, that sucks. You know, I was hoping to get that box. But if you think about it, those cards are now more rare because there's less available for everyone to have. And if people want those, then the ones that you do hold actually hold more value. And to me, that's part of this uh, supply and demand game. That's part of this, you know, um, the way that we kind of look at even the way crypto falls into, uh, you know, the idea of burning crypto and, and uh, you know, how do we shrink the supply to increase the value? So hopefully that kind of opened your mind. Uh, to a little possibilities. I would, if I were you, I would make sure you're jumping into the discord of the projects that you own, because I will tell you most projects that are adding burning components did not have that when they minted out. I would say very few projects, Um, even psychedelics anonymous. Actually, I think you know, bulls and apes was one of the first that I know that from the jump, some from the very beginning, they had the burn concept of, we are going to let people burn our team bulls to get the uh, God bulls. And that, that's, that's a much more, um, new component to build in. So you don't might, you might be holding an NFT right now in your wallet that you might be impacted by the option to burn or not to burn. Or maybe there's even another option for you. So definitely check that out. Uh, and, you know, also check out, you know, the option of, you know, going into real life events. And what's nice is you will not burn in San Diego because we will be there in October for crypto business conference. You see what I did there? Uh, and there, the sun will not, it'll be perfect because while San Diego is perfect year round, it's one of my favorite cities uh, in the entire world. It's probably my top three city that I would one day love to live in uh, here in the United States. But with that being said, you know, the crypto business conference uh, is happening in October in uh, San Diego and lots of great, you know, uh, not only content on stages, but opportunities to network, opportunities to find uh, your people, also opportunities to do meetups and and uh, bring people's worlds together. So hopefully you'll check that out, socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. And last but not least, uh, definitely want to give a shout out to all of our ADHD coin holders. You know, with crypto kind of dipping and so many things kind of impacting all of the, the market, um, there are a lot of, you know, listeners. We have over 1,800 ADHD coin holders. And I know, you know, I will never shame or tell people not to make their own decision with their own money or their own crypto. But I do want to give a shout out to those that are, you know, kind of the ride or die that are in this, that are holding and that are on this journey with us long term. I, you know, I've said this, you know, very loudly that I, I take the, you know, the responsibility of making the best decisions for all of our coin holders and all of our NFT holders, those that hold the Mint 365. I want to not only over deliver for everyone that's holding, 
but I want to continue to innovate, to continue to push the, the, the limits and add utility and, and listen to what ways that we can make it better for you. And so for those that are, are continuing on and riding on this journey with you, uh, I tip my hat, I say thank you, and I say stay tuned for more innovation and also ways that we're going to reward those that are buying in like now or have bought in prior and that are going to ride through with us. So, uh, you know, if you're wondering like, well, I'll just wait and see what he says. Uh, trust me, there'll be reasons that you have wanted to jump in. Uh, and you can check that out, of course, at ADHDcoin.com. So until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. <laughs>